chapter 2, verse 6. Thank you, worship team, as always. Amen. Thank you, Anthony. Pastor Anthony. Pastor Sam. Luke 2, verse 6 and 7. You all have it? It might be on the board behind me or on the screen. Oh, yeah, there's the Lord. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the end. Father, we thank you as we are coming to the land of this whole entire Christmas series that I've been speaking the last four weeks. So I ask that you will speak to our hearts and let us uh, be the ones who give, not just looking to receive. Holy Spirit, change us as we are landing on this year and getting ready to take off into another one. Let us be different. Let us be better, more, and more like you. We're asking in Jesus' name. Amen. You're going to take your chairs. So, a week before the baby is born, imagine that, we talked about two weeks, now it's a week, so that means everything's happening to the poor girl, Mary we're talking about, the body is like that last leg, the, the fear of the pain of the looming child at birth has vanished as a result of the pain, the current pain of killing the baby. So now they're saying, I just can't wait the baby to come. Even though they, they, before they knew it was painful, but now it's like, hurry up. They're like anticipating pain, like, please, pain, come, because they know. Once that pain arrives, it'll leave quickly. Now, women can handle that and understand that. Us men, Tyler, they say, amen. <laughs> we just don't know about that one. It's like, whoa. But again, these last three weeks we've been talking about it, we, we found out that she's in this state, and it was the worst of times. The terrible three, remember the terrible three we talked about, Tiberius was despised and mistrusted by his own political cronies. He, Emperor Tiberius. He was the stepson of Augustus Caesar. He was in charge of that time, of that area at the time. He was a wicked man. We've all heard the story of Pilate. He was renowned for cheating the Roman, his Roman bosses, wicked them and abusing the Judean subjects. He was despised and feared. Herod, who was another player, governor, he was in his high rank, he was a governor. He was an insane man. He was paranoid. He ordered three of his sons and one of his wives executed because he thought they were trying to take his kingdom. They were plotting against him. Then you had the religious leader. See, that was the government at the time now, but the religious leader was just the same. Annas, the high priest, he was a flunky of the Roman authorities, and he sold out his morals for his position. All this is taking place. Oh, let me let me do one last thing. The entire world 
was demon possessed. God had not spoken in over 300 years. None of the pagan worship, temple prostitutes, burning children at the fire of Moloch. All this was taking place. Women were subject to men's whims, considered less than property or equal to a camel. And Mary is a weak dude. It was really a bad time. During this time, at that night, God is set up in the end. We talked about it also that God was giving us gifts. The gift of Jesus. Jesus, the light of the world that shines into the darkness of our life, was coming into that time. John 1 4 reads, The Word was a source of life, and this light brought light to mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has never put it out. See, He comes in. God was preparing to give us a great gift. But then there's other sub gifts, if you will. The gift of Mary and Joseph. We talked about that in detail and how they came and they obeyed. God had to prepare Mary because. She was a young girl. And Mary had somehow prepared Joseph for the birth of the Christ child, who this young girl said was from another man, another being, or in particular, from God. And Joseph had to believe her. So they brought that gift of obedience. They brought the jet, the, the brought to Jesus. Uh, rather, they were ushered in and were given the privilege to raise Jesus. And he had the shepherds were on the field, seeing all the wonder of the stars. They brought that gift, the gift of wonder, and the shepherds gave a little boy the manger worship. When others didn't know what went on, the shepherds came and worshipped. The baby came. And we talked about that as well. And he gave back the gift of joy. And like only a baby can bring. Right? Only a baby. When you get a baby, and then even as a, especially as a grandparent, you know, when you see your, 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 your grandbaby, it's worse. It is. It's bad. I tell everybody, if I would have known being a grandparent was so great, I would have skipped being a parent. And when I became a grandparent, you may not just kidding. But, you know, it's like, wow, the babies, you just, just, they've been jeweled. Some of them are babies. And Jesus, he, and it said, was not just an ordinary baby. He brought joy to the world. Then you have the gift of the wise and the gift of excellence. They gave what? Excellence. They gave and they came. But these were the wise men. And we talked about that. They were actual computer scientists. They created a computer device, but that's from last week's message. But they brought the gift of excellence, and not only did they bring that gift, but they brought their wealth. They sacrificed what? Their gold, their frankincense, and myrrh. So they didn't just come to Jesus to, to, to you know, come to church and worship him. They came and brought their wealth. Last week we talked about the sacrifices, not just the gift, but the sacrifices that we, that is seen in the Christmas story. 
Joseph and Mary, and those two, they sacrificed their reputation. Right? And we've got to think about it. We don't think about it in detail, but think about that. Mary sacrificed who she was. What? A young girl, pregnant, claiming she didn't have sex. You know, I'm, I'm sorry, but if a girl came up to me as a pastor, I'm pregnant. Oh, okay. But I didn't have sex. I said, okay, well, you want to see a doctor? You know, Sam's a counselor. He can talk to you. Because right now you sound kind of crazy. Right? We would all say that. Come on down. So here's Mary, not only just a girl, a 14-year-old girl. We're talking about a little child. Saying, I'm pregnant, but I didn't have sex with no man. So she had to sacrifice her reputation. And right at that moment, everybody thought she was a whore. Uh, in those days, you, you didn't have a baby prior to marriage. You were, you were cast out. That bad. But what's worse, and what's worse, or just as bad, is Joseph. Joseph had to believe her. Good thing I wasn't there. I would have ruined the whole Christmas deal. I would have been there. No, no Christmas. Why? Because I would have got jealous and didn't believe the chick. You know, I, she was from the uh, back over here. You know what I mean? Are you with me? The wise men came in. They had a sacrifice. They had a sacrifice. Hard work and time. Remember? And I, I share that only two out of a hundred people will ever reach their goal. Twenty-three percent of people don't even know what they want in life. But these two magi, or rather these, I wasn't two, these were, there were many, some of them were 20 of them traveled. These band of wise men knew what they were going for, and they knew how to get there to work for that, to travel 800 miles just to see this Jesus, to give him something. Joseph believed, Joseph obeyed God, obeyed he knew what he was going for, and he knew how to get it. Oh, I didn't mention, Joseph had to sacrifice his manhood. Because not many men would accept the fact that your, your girlfriend, your, your fiancé came pregnant and would have accepted it and raised the title. So, in our mind, the word we're looking for are how men think. That guy, what kind of a chabala is that? Right? Come on, guy. Is that, is that how I think? Let's not get all like, oh, holy no. We would see that. No, no, no way, man. Kick rocks, chick. Go find some other dude. Kick my heart pregnant from another, another man. Yeah, right. God. We wouldn't have believed it. What? But he bought into it. He believed God. God spoke to her. To be a sacrifice, some of us claim a sacrifice. Let's make it out of one thing to build that thing in the bag. So here's Mary, and it reads like this in verse 1 of chapter of Luke 38. I mean, Luke, Luke 1, verse 38. I am the Lord's servant, Mary, I'm May it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. Now, before Joseph got married, a 14 year old girl said, Okay, go ahead. Have it. Do it. So, you have, you have all these things taking place, 
Now, the right before her giving birth, she's ready. You know, for you, she, she's ready to drop. She's coming to an end. And we pick up the story there in Luke chapter 2, verse 6. And the English Standard Version was like this. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothing, laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the end. So every time I read that, I see that I see such a beautiful picture. Because we have these Christmas cards. You ever had these Christmas cards? They're beautiful. You see, you see the picture, and you, know, you have these well-behaved animals, the cow, right, and the goat. They're all well-behaved and manicured, right? You see the beautiful hay, nice hay, the baby, and the angels. Right? And we have all this picture. And really, I'm going to tell you something. That's a lie. Now, I'll tell you something later. So they come there, and the innkeeper says, Oh, we have no room in the hotel. Even though you're giving birth, sorry, sorry, sister, you got to go somewhere else. Remember, a 14 year old girl came to this guy and said, I need room. Oh, sorry, you got to go. So the innkeeper, is, that word means Cataluma, which means a lodging place. And the innkeeper was the one in charge of the rooms, and he decided, or she decided, who stays. Now, I ask myself, and I'll ask you, why did the innkeeper not make room for a woman giving birth? Now, he didn't know it was the Son of God, but nonetheless, why would this man not give room to a woman who was giving birth? So I'm going to talk about that. Reasons the innkeeper did not make room, I believe. First of all, he did not recognize, or she did not recognize, that the Son of God was there. So there's reasons why people don't make room for Jesus. Sometimes they don't even know what's happening. I, had, I was doing this message, and, and, and Jose had just came in. And then I walked him around the campus. And he's checking everything out, and I took him to the, the ministry house. And, and, and he said so, I looked at him. He goes, you did all this in six months, right? But sometimes people don't even know God is moving it's right for the nose. And so when you, you don't realize God's there, you don't see the miracles. Hmm? So he didn't know. This man was oblivious that God, the Son of God, God was moving right in front of him and he says, kick rocks. Hmm? John 1.10 reads, He was in the world and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. See, in this day and era, Jesus is hard to recognize. Oh, it is Christmas time? No, hey, again, I'm not speaking politics, but I did like this. I said something, and I haven't seen it a long time. Right on the pulpit, it said, Merry Christmas. Did you notice that? Now, you may not thought it was a big deal. He did this, this rally and go, hey, look at that. He didn't say, Happy Holidays. He said, Merry Christmas. Because we live in a time where, oh, we can't say Merry Christmas because we don't want to offend nobody. You ever hear that? That's a lie from the pit of hell. Did you know I read a thing about a... 
the National Season, he did a movie about the director. He said this about this this need, the liberal mind for this progressive thought or diversity or, or, or accepting diverse people. There's, there's acceptance if you're transgender, LBGT, homosexual, but if you're a Christian, there is no acceptance. They'll, they'll let you do your thing if you're this way and they'll accept you, but if you're a Christian and want to live your way, oh no. In this day and age, it's very hard to recognize you. Because if you, you speak about it, people want to push you down. I was at the school board, you know, I was like the school board a few years back, and I had a big old fight, right? Because uh, they didn't want me to call myself reprint in public. I said, oh, well, wait, 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 wait. we don't want to pay them, but I go, hey, look, Jack, you didn't elect me. And they're all, these are all doctors, right? A doctor this, a doctor that, a doctor this. They're all real smart people, smarter than all of us put together, right? Doctor this. On their label, they have doctor this, and they're doctor this. And I'm like, man, you've seen many doctors since last time I was in the hospital. You need a doctor everywhere. I go, wait a minute. I'm a reverend. He said, but we don't want to offend anybody. I go, are you offended with that doctor? Take it off. If I'm going to take off my reverend, then you're going to take off your doctor. And when I did that, they, they all, well, what is the reverend doctor? Because, you know, you can talk about anything but Jesus. So, oh, you can't really hard. In this day and age, it's very difficult. See, so why can't we recognize Jesus during Christmas? Throughout the year, I'm going to tell you what. Throughout the year, many are too caught up in other things. We're so busy throughout the year, Christmas comes, and we really don't recognize what God is doing right in front of us. I call that procrastination and preoccupation. You know, how many times have we said throughout the year, I'm going to pray more, I'm going to read more, I'm going to do this more. And we're well intended, and I really believe we do mean it. However, that other demon of preoccupation gets in there and doesn't let you get to it. Mm-hmm. We procrastinate. We procrastinate in our complete surrender to God. One day I'm gonna give it all to God. I want to give it all to God, but right now this is gonna be good. Hello, somebody. I'll give it all to God, but right now I gotta make some money. Then the preoccupation comes in. What is the gain that a man, when the whole world, will lose their own soul? So it stands a reason that we live a, a whole year preoccupied and procrastinate. We come to Christmas and we lose the picture. Why are we even here? Right? We get easily commercialized. Now, I have no problem with Santa Claus and, and reindeer. And, you know, God is bigger than a Christmas tree. We can have fun. That's great. No problem. I'm down for a reindeer. I'm going to do God. He didn't hurt me. That's a game. But some people spend more time with reindeer huh, than, than the king of kings. Hmm? What happened? So when we begin to commercialize, we lose, or we, 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 we don't remember, or we or become very faint. What this is about. What happened to the joy of giving with no return? What happened to the joy, right? 
The children are taught, maybe not here, but some people, children, children are taught that Santa Claus is the reason for the season. Now, children behave, children want to behave and are good for Santa Claus who doesn't exist. Only one to receive presents. So, unknowingly, I want to listen to them. I don't promise Santa Claus. But I'm saying, let them know that you're having fun. It's a game. It's not reality. What's reality is God gave your mom and dad the ability to make money to go to the store and buy you that gift. That's reality. The reality is, is that we worship the King of Kings and we're talking about Jesus' birth. All this other stuff, it's just an opportunity to have fun. But anyway, so it's okay. You know, there's some girls just want to have fun. Right? Well, hey, have fun. But what is the reason? Why are we here? Are you with me? So people also reject, just reject the Lord during this time. So when God sends someone to witness for him, people don't recognize him and turn away. And people just make comments. You ever have that when you try to tell Jesus loves you and you get mad at you or angry? So, really, there are a group of people in this world that just don't, they don't want God. Now listen, our job is not to convince everybody to like God or to accept Christ. Our, that's not our job. Our job is to learn to become like Christ. That's our job. And then we share with our lives, we may share with words, but our job, that's it. If they reject it, then we move on and still love the people anyway. We're not called to have a scripture war. Amen? And you guys look like Darth Vader. Oh. Little Star Wars scripture wars. You're not a Jedi Knight? Amen? We just live our life the best we can, and we, we live the Word of God, and we share what we can, and if they reject it, we just move on. Amen? The people will reject him. It says that we're ready, even his own reject him. Now listen to this. When, we, when he wants you to spend time with him, and you become too busy, even we put me into the picture. Even we reject him. We reject his word. When we don't obey his word and live by it, we reject him. So before we get all angry at people that reject him, that's why I like the scripture. It says, take out the, take out the big old plank out of your own eye before you, you know, you look at a little speck on the two sides. So, and I, I'm, I believe this with all my heart. If we're busy enough, if we're looking at us, we will not have enough time to look at other people's faults. When people always find other people's faults, it's because they're, they're not spending enough time looking at themselves. And if they're not spending enough time looking at themselves, either they're perfect or they're deceit. You decide. That's why we have no time to, to, to put people down or to look at their faults. Believe me, listen. If you looked at me, you'd find faults. I, I, I'd give you a list. But I, in return, if I looked at you, I'd find out kind of faults too. Matter of fact, we should change the name to the fault church. Amen. There were people full of faults coming to church. So stop looking to work on your own mind. Because if you don't, you'll be just like a innkeeper. Because if you act like that, there is no room for Jesus in your ring. There is no. See, that in, that word in, 
Gethsemane is a word very similar to the word temple. And are you not the temple of the Holy Spirit? See, and it says there they came to the manger, the manger. The people wanted the guests to remain in the room, but they didn't want the little girl who's going to get pregnant and grab this down, take a room, that's probably money in his pocket. Right? So he was not willing to remove anybody out of her room for Mary. Not even if she was ready to have a baby. So the turmoil of Mary, she's ready, she's in labor, ladies. You can relate. My wife was having a baby, was having an injury. And she made the mistake of saying this to me. No matter what happens, don't let them give me an epidural. I go, they're wrong. And I know me. I'm out back down the cold morning school. I go, bro. You, you hear what you're telling me? Yes. So you're telling me, no matter what, no shot. Yes. Are you sure? I'm not going to take it back. Because once we get inside that room and labor kicks on, I'm, I'm going to stick to it. You know how I get it. I don't care. She goes, no. No matter what happens. Okay. This is Mary, you know, birth is a trip. So we go in the room, and it's on. And she's going through it. And it's getting worse and worse. And, and, she, and I'm looking at her, and then she goes, Let's give me a shot. What did I say? No. And she goes, She was just, Let me give you a shot. No. No, Doc, you didn't give me a shot. And it went on, and then, one, then there was this one nurse, a terrible hung nurse. She came in and looked at me, you get out of this room. I mean, she was like mad at me, huh? You can get out of the All of a sudden, she just glued to that big like monster. I looked at her, I was like, whoa! She said, get out of the room. She kicked me out of the room. And they gave her the shot. <laughs> so it's rough. I know it's rough. Right? And here she's a turmoil that Mary is experiencing. Again, another word for in that room is temple, which it, it comes from the word neos, means to dwell. First Corinthians 3.16 reads, Don't you know that you yourself are God's temple and God's spirit lives in you? First Corinthians 6.19 reads, Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? Temple. Now, Jesus was born in a manger. Isn't a manger of beautiful, custom hay? Right? You look at the cards, all customized, the manger, beautiful, right? But what we don't understand, a manger, actually, the manger was a feeding troll that animals ate out of. That's what a manger is. Now, if you've ever been in a farm, we just got two stinking chickens in our, our camping. They stink bad enough. Right? Those chickens stink. We've got to kill them. And even pretty good, because they're like, oh, they're stinking chicken. Imagine being in a manger. A manger where cows eat, where pigs eat, where goats eat, where all the livestock eat. Just, you know, and I don't know, you ever see a cow with the babas are eating? They're not on eat with feeding my babas are probably not. No, they're They're eating. Right? It's nasty. That's what Jesus was born. 
very soiled animals. Last I heard, animals do not flush a toilet. Right? I know the Christmas picture. Again, Joseph holding the baby in this beautiful place, the baby Jesus. See, in the same way, listen, the Holy Spirit must clean us up this Christmas. See, we say we're the temple of the Holy Spirit, but we're more like the manger where Jesus was born. But we see a picture of how beautiful. No, no, no. Let's let's get real. Let's talk about our stinking thinking. Let's talk about our anger with each other. Let's talk about the, 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 the gossip. Let's talk about, oh, now, never, now, now, let me leave the married couples and talk to the rest of you. And then we're coming to Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. See, just like that picture, it may look good on the outside. You might be a postcard, right? Greeting card. But on the inside, Many of us, if not all of us, are just a dirty manger that the Holy Spirit has to clean up. Why? Because if, we're, if the Holy Spirit is going to live in us, He's got to clean this mess up. Because that manger is the same word for temple. But He must come in to clean it. Oh, He's got to clean us. Hello, someone. Huh? So we can be torn up and throw up. And He'll still come in. But He ain't going to leave you that way. He's going to clean you up. He's going to get rid of all. Hello, somebody. He's going to get rid of all that stuff. Why, he got to up. He may be beat to your feet. And he'll still come in, but he's got to wipe out all that lies and gossip and complaining. You may wrap to your neck, and he's still going to come in there, but he ain't going to leave you that way. He can't. Because you're the temple of the Holy Ghost. In the same way that Joseph had to go and clean up that dirty manger for Jesus to be born, the Holy Spirit has to get into your stinking life, into my life, and clean it up because that's where he wants to live. That's where he wants to live. He was born here on this earth for us. He died here on earth for us. Now he's alive. He's living in us and he's among us, and we belong to him. So today, look at the manger of your life. Is it sold with the influence of the world? Does it smell of selfishness and ambition and materialism? Joseph had a clean up the animal trot to lay Jesus. We, like Jesus, must come and evaluate our own eating table and make it pure. Is there room for Jesus in the end of your life? Is there room for Jesus? Unfortunately, I'm coming in almost for that. Some people don't want to give up anything for Jesus. They don't want to give their old habits. Oh, it's so hard. I've heard it all. It's so hard, Pastor, for me to stop drinking. It's so hard for me to stop smoking. It's so hard. It's so hard. You think you have a heart? Why don't you crucify yourself? That's what the Jesus did. I mean, it's hard. That's not hard. Selfishness is hard. Doing the right thing is easy. Doing the wrong thing is always hard. 
the pride held from one. Do we have to keep it? Do you want to give it up for Jesus? The greed, material possessions, they're out of marriage relationships. Hello. Merry Christmas. So you need to be careful not to keep your temple so filled with things that there's no room for the Holy Spirit. Why? Now listen, because the Holy Spirit wants to reason with you. He, he doesn't want to put you down because you're a bumpkin. He was clear in Isaiah 1.18. He says, come now, let us reason together. You know, let's talk about it. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, they shall be like wool. If you are willing and obedient. Oh, wait a minute. There's that dirty word again. Obedient. You will eat the best of the land. Why? Why did you do that? Because you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. You are the Holy Spirit's manger. As I close. The innkeeper made a choice. He made his choice. We, the innkeeper of our temple, must make our choice. Let me read that whole story and we're going to close with that. Luke 2, verse 1. In those days, Caesar Augustus had issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Canarius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up to the town of Nazareth and Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house of the Lion of David. He went there to register with Mary, who had pledged to be married to him and was expecting the child. It was very common in those days. The rule, the ritual was, you would be pledged to be married for one year, and then you would get married. But that pledge was equal to a marriage, although you could not have any relationships. Or relations. They're pledged. Verse 6. While they were there, the time the baby came to be born. And she gave birth to her son, the firstborn. She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were shepherds living out of the field nearby, keeping watch over the flocks of night, and the angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today, in the town of David, the Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on peace to men in whom his favor rests. When the angel had left them and gone to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem to see this thing that's happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby, who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been, had, what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary, treasured of all things, and pondered them in her heart. The shepherd returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, <clears throat> which were just as they had been told. 
one week before the Lord was born. This Christmas, Jesus is knocking on your door. What are you going to say? Same old, same thing? Too busy? Sorry, I've got everything to do. Oh, I know about the sacrifice. I know about everything. I'm sorry, but you know, you know, you know, my heart. I can't do it right now. What are you going to say? Is there, there's no room? Sorry, Jesus. There's no room. Or, are you going to open the door and let him in? The Holy Spirit speaking to hearts. And if anyone here is, you know, I've been, I want the Lord, but I haven't opened up every room to Him. He wants the whole crib, He wants the whole house. There's this clause in the back that I just keep to myself. Just in case. If that's you, then God is knocking on that door and let me in. I want to come in. Is there room for Jesus in your heart? If that's you, I want you to raise your hand real quickly put it down. God bless you, God bless you. All across them, God bless you, God bless you. Anyone else, God bless you, friend. God bless you, God bless you. So Jesus wants to come into the manger of your life. He wants to clean it, clean it up. And you know there's an area that you've been holding back. You haven't been as committed as you should. And you want to let God come in and clean up that area. If you have not raised your hand already, I want you to raise your hand real quick to flip that shirt. God bless you in the back. God bless you here. God bless you right there. God bless you. God bless you. Many hands have gone up. God is speaking to you. Perhaps there's somebody who said, you know what, i got to go deeper. And I've been fighting quite loud issues to sidetrack me. And the Holy Spirit said, these are things that you need. And I want to put you on track. If that's you, you have not raised your hand already. I want you to raise your hand. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Many hands have gone up. We're going to sing a song. As always, I want to pray for those of you who raise your hand. I'm not going to ask you to repeat a prayer. I want to pray for you. If you raise your hand as we sing this song, the altar girl. 